You can't buy much for a dollar a month, but you can buy a shout-out on Infendo Radio. Head on over to patreon.com slash infendoradio, and for a dollar a month, we'll read your name out loud. Creating overwhelming urges to buy Nintendo crap since 2005. Infendo Radio is on now. Hello, we're here. It's Infendo Radio Night, and it's a good night to do a podcast. I have all my fine podcast hosts with, well, I guess we're minus one, but I have two of my fine podcast hosts with me tonight. How are you doing tonight, Justin? I'm so I'm confused doing good. by the by the labels. <laughs> if you're not watching I, this live, this could get confusing, and I apologize. Oh, well, what'd you all do to me? Oh, for the love of... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, funny story, I actually taught myself how to play this on piano when I was, ooh, you got the nice, uh, mix version, sweet. Right, I'm just gonna stay here and dance during, uh, Lucas's introduction, y'all can go on without me. <laughs> Lucas, how are you doing tonight? I mean, I was doing okay, and then we started doing the show, and now I'm starting to have some serious regrets. <laughs> uh, likewise, likewise. Um, that's okay, though. We're here. We're ready to do a podcast. Before we get too deep into the weeds of the podcast, as it were, though, we want to thank all of our producers that brought this episode to you tonight. So we're going to start with 1-64. Thank you very much. Thank you, Phantom. Thank you, Slacker Monkey. Thank you, EP Knothead, who is our first executive producer. Thank you for Andrew Searson and Brianosaurus, who are our other two executive producers accordingly. So, okay, we're going to take a little break here, and we'll be right back on the other side with Change the System. For $5 a month, we can give you something better than the Lost Woods. We've got what we call the Hidden Feed. That gets you our all-access pass to everything we do behind the scenes and otherwise. Head over to patreon.com slash radio and pledge your $5 today. All right, we're back. It is time for Change the System. I don't know that I have a whole lot of uh, news this week. Uh, we were kind of talking um, pre-show, or I guess in the in the break, rather, about like the Game Boy Micro that got announced, which is pretty Game cool. Gear. Oh, I'm sorry. Very important <laughs> distinction. No, <laughs> you're right. Fake info. <laughs> <laughs> you're very right. I, I guess that's a Freudian slip, right? Because I don't really care about it because it's not a Game Boy Micro type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? But... Hey, anything that makes the Game Gear actually pocket size, that is is a good thing. But this looks like almost unusable, though. Did, did you see it? It looks, it looks like it's like so tiny. I mean, I, well, I guess we're talking an, news. Okay, why not? <laughs> I, have, I have an actual Game Boy Micro, and it's roughly the same size, and it's perfectly usable. Um, I don't know what they're going to do about the D-pad because Sega D-pads are notoriously not great. This uh-huh. is the perfect song for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like as long as we're talking about it anyway, like my I had a Game Gear growing up. I had a Game Gear long before I had a Game Boy. Um, I didn't get a Game Boy until the Pocket came out, which was like high school for me, or mm-hmm. middle school, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I 
I loved my Game Gear. There were some great games on the Game Gear. The hardware itself wasn't that fantastic. The screen was blurry, and uh, the battery life was terrible, and the thing was po about as pocket size as... I got nothing. I got no comparison. It wasn't pocket size. It was, the, it was freaking huge. But, um... But, you know, like, I'll check a look, take a look at what the games are on it and whether the hackers have, you know, opened it up for more games on it. And if I can, you know, That's play... actually a good point, actually. Hmm, okay. Yeah, because there were some pretty uh, pretty good games on, on that Game Gear and certainly ones that probably won't come with it. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on this. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'll keep an eye on this. See if there's uh, a game list that comes out. Fair enough. Well, okay. Well, I guess that's enough news. Unless Lucas, you have any that you want to tack on. But otherwise, let's talk about the games that we've been playing. Let's <laughs> talk about the games we've been playing. Okay. Well, yes, I'm gonna let's. go first because I have to talk about Pokemon Go this week. I'm sorry, but I do. Um, I am ashamed. Oh. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I guess I do have a little bit of news. You just reminded me. The Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC comes out in exactly two weeks. Oh, so, right. For those you know, of you I who still don't have Pokemon Sword and Shield, and I was waiting for the DLC to see if I was actually going to jump on it. I've been waiting I'm... for the DLC to get me back into it, because I was, like, doing some, like, intense shiny hunting that, like, just, like, wore on me, and then I was like, okay, I need to put it down for a little bit, but now this DLC is gonna definitely get me back. I know it Well, will. for for those of you who, um, are not listening to us live, the DLC is supposed to launch on the 17th of June, so get hype. They've announced all the different typings for the legendary birds this generation. They're not what you think. Um, they've they've also I think shown off two new Reggies like Registeel, Regi Ice, Regi. You know, oh, so. I, I thought you meant Reggie fils <laughs> Me <too. I'm> Like, <laughs> well, he's he's one of the two Reggies. So, <laughs> but yeah, no. So uh, it should be interesting. Um, oh, and they finally announced uh, Galarian Slowbro. He is oh. a psychic poison type, and he wears a cloister on his arm like Samus, and he shoots. That's a poison great. Yeah, so should be pretty good. Nice. Anyway, well, back to Pokemon Go. Back to Pokemon Go. So yeah, I was I I have to talk um, a little little bit about Pokemon Go because man, they got me to spend eight dollars today, and let me tell you why. There was this um, there's this event that just happened to to start today. Actually, I think it goes for a week. I could be wrong about that, but it actually goes in line with like the uh, the Galarian forms of the Pokemon that are going to be released in Pokemon Go. So basically you buy the whatever, the pass, and then you get a whole bunch of extra like tasks type of thing, like in your special tasks to do. And uh, yeah, I was a sucker and I bought the freaking, um, and I bought it and yeah, I, I, I've been playing Pokemon Go while I've been working. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun. Yeah, I, I can't say enough that um, Niantic has done a great job um, really making Pokemon Go accessible during this pandemic. Actually, the, I guess here's another news article. Um, last week, or maybe it wasn't last week, but in a single week, Niantic hit $23 million on Pokemon Go revenue. So, 
I mean, people are still spending money in Pokemon Go each and every day, each and every week. So good on Niantic for keeping it viable, you know, so. But uh, yeah, that's enough Pokemon Go. I don't know if you guys want to ask me any questions about some of the shinies I've been catching because I'd be happy to answer them for you. But um, otherwise... Eugene, what kind of shinies have you been catching? Well, um, Lucas, there was a Sadat event that last week, so I caught a crap... Like, I'm not kidding, like oh, 30 of them last weekend. And Dang. so that was awesome. And I did a little bit trading for some shinies that I didn't have um, using those ones. So yeah, it was just, it's fun, man. I just really love Pokemon Go. Um, to put a cap on Pokemon Go, there, there was an update that was pushed to the game on the first of this month. So um, two days ago on uh, June 1st. And it's speculated that what this update is going to do, because the game was actually down for several hours, a lot of people are speculating that Niantic is creating the connections between this and Pokemon Home. So I'm really excited to transfer, because that's really why I've been catching these Pokemon. I want to get them in Home so that I yeah. can, like, you know, share them with, like, you and Steve and, you know, the Infendo listeners, you know? like Yeah, for sure, man. Mm hmm So... Um, anyways, that's Pokemon Go. I still love it. It's probably my game of the year again in 2020. So I'm such a I'm I'm, I'm a jerk. Um, Weak-minded fool. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, been playing actually Beat Saber because I'm getting fat, so I'm trying to <laughs> lose some weight. And um, I figured, what game better to do that than Beat Saber? So I booted that up a couple of times over the weekend and got my sweat on. That was fun. Um, and then the final game that I've been playing a lot of, but not quite as much of, of lately, is Breath of the Wild, to just, like, still trudging along in that. I have a feeling that's going to be my game until Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. Um, you play Breath of the Wild uh, like Justin plays Red Dead. Right? <laughs> yeah, hey. you're you're not wrong. Okay, so I have to, I'm going to rewind it a bit, because I didn't know we were going to jump off of Beat Saber so quickly. But um, I noticed something about Beat Saber, because... We got it in February, and I live in upstate New York, so, you know, um, had to play it in this, you know, tiny house. And then when the weather started finally getting um, getting nice, I took the, because the, I've got a quest, took it outside and played a little Beat Saber. And I realized that Beat Saber adjusts to the amount of play space you have. So, whereas when I'm playing in the house, I'm usually either playing in stationary mode or in, like, a small square. When I play outside, I have a space of, like, 10-foot square. Right. And you get a... When you've got more space, the game adjusts, and you get a hell of a workout. Like, I was actually jumping back and forth to get some of the boxes playing it outdoors, and, and I just... I wish we would get more uh, good weather so I can do that more often. That and uh, what's the other one? Uh, super hot is great oh, when you have lots right. of play space because you can actually move instead of just ducking. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, um, I might do a little Beat Saber after the show tonight. Actually, either that or I might finally boot up Ring Fit Adventure because uh, I'm getting a little soggy around the midsection. <laughs> <myself. laughs> Ring Fit is probably really good for that too because you get. I think there's a lot of core workouts in that one. You know. Is that all you've been playing? It's all I've been Talking playing. To... <laughs> 
Alrighty then, let's get to the main act. Um, <laughs> I've been playing a lot this week, which is funny because I've also been working a lot, but um, somehow I find the time. Um, beat Grand Theft Auto V a couple of days ago, finally. First my time fi- or? No, but my oh. final play count came in at 75 hours, including the time I spent online. It's a long game. Uh-huh. Um, it's okay, a good hold game. on. I have to ask, which console are you playing this? Is it PC that you're doing PC. this? Okay, cool. Yep. Cool, cool. Got to take advantage of that gaming laptop. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's a really fun game. Like, I played it a few years ago with my dad, you know, back when he first got it. I hadn't really played it since, but yeah, I love it. Um, really well written, really well developed characters. Um, obviously, you have a choice of endings, but if you're a normal human being, you choose the good ending because you want everybody to have a happy ending. Right. Um, but then, like, I, as I deliberated over that so long, I'm like, which, like, do I want the ending, you know, the good, the quote unquote yeah. good ending, or do I want an interesting ending with, with, you know, but it's I decided to go for a, the good it's ending. It's just such a feel-good ending. And it's canon, so, you know. But sure. um, <laughs> the 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 B ending is so unrealistic, where Franklin kills Michael. Like, it just, it doesn't it doesn't feel like something that would happen. And in the A ending, where they kill Trevor, that one kind of makes sense, but it's that so sad. That one makes sad. sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so sad. Like, even the instruction at the end, it's put down Trevor. Like, it's, well, yeah, if it's I'm just not, tragic. If I'm not mistaken... Um, it only gives you the option, and obviously we're in major spoiler territory if you haven't beaten it yet. But <laughs> If you um, haven't beaten it yet, it's your fault. Get over <laughs> it. If, if I'm not mistaken, it gives you the option to either kill Trevor or kill Michael, and doesn't tell you there's a third option unless mm. you, like, do something or... Well, your your three options are either kill Trevor, kill Michael, or death wish, which is like you're all right. gonna die kind of thing. But Which is sh- what I totally expected to happen, yeah. honestly. But you, you choose death wish because you're not a jerk and the game ends positively. But hey, this game came out in 2013. Why am I talking about that? When I could be talking about Red Out, which is the F-Zero clone that I started playing last night. Is that any good? It's good. It, um been on my wish list for quite a while but haven't if been you, willing to commit to it if you thought f-zero gx was just a little too easy you'll oh. really enjoy red out <laughs> that is a hard pass for me <laughs> it is it gets difficult but man i really like it i'm really impressed so i would recommend it it's on sale right now it's usually 40 dollars. it's 20 dollars in the eShop right now so if you're looking for a good f-zero clone get that I also picked up, but not have have not started playing yet, the first indie game that I can think of that I am genuinely like excited for. Like I, I'm getting that. Oh, is excited, it out already? Yeah. Oh excited no. In the, I'm gonna have to excited in the pit of my stomach feeling for this, which is Bug Fables, which is the new Paper Mario that, in my opinion, will end up being better than the new Paper Mario. Um, the last thing I was on the fence about, as I'm sure a lot of you might have been, is the length. So I looked up some reviews. Not only does the game have a perfect 10 out of 10 on Steam, but people are saying, on average, it takes them about 25 hours to beat just the core story. With side quests and optional bosses and stuff, that time can go up to about 40 hours of game time. So this is not an indie game length game. This is a Paper Mario game. So I'm really excited to see how it is. Um, but I'm... I know it's going to be like a weekend game for me. It's not something I want to start like right after work on like a Wednesday night. Right. You know, I, I, I want to sit down and really dive into it. But I am like child excited for this game. Like I've been wanting a game like this for so long. So I have high hopes and high expectations. 
Um, yeah, yeah that's been on my too. radar for for a little while, um, and I'm, I I want to try it, but like like you said, like it's it's a game that's an investment, and I already have Paper Mario on my Wii U that I haven't even started yet. So, like if I'm going to dive into a Paper Mario game that isn't Origami King, it'll probably be the original, just because. Oh, okay. You know, I thought I you were have... gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Color Splash, and I was gonna be like, "Bro, skip that game." No, no, but... no, no, no. I have the N sixty four game on Virtual Console, so and I haven't booted it up yet because I'm like, "Oh, it's like a 20, 30 hour game," and you know, I just right. don't have the twenty, thirty hours when I'm already spending two hundred hours on Animal Crossing and a hundred hours on Red Dead and you know another hundred and whatever hours on grand theft auto (laughs) and here's the thing about breath of the wild (laughs) all of this conversation um that i want you guys who are listening to us to know um i respect the fact that there are people out there mostly young children but people out there who either grew up or started playing sticker star and color splash and will play origami king and who really like those kinds of Paper Mario games. And Jury's out on Origami King. It the, looks like it might be returning to the turn, you know, the good style. But. I don't expect anything from it. But um, <laughs> but, but you Fair. are allowed you are allowed to like that game. It is just like like this is a parallel to Breath of the Wild for me, you know? Um, there's a game that I don't like that you do like, and it's fine that you like it. But for me, the Paper Mario series has kind of tapered off and lost itself after Super Paper Mario, which is why I'm really excited to see how close this indie game gets to recreating that experience. But again, like when I when I say that they're bad and I say that they're they're crap or whatever, I'm I'm being hyperbolic. Like just know that because you know you're you're allowed to like what you like. I played Sticker Star. I thought it was pretty average, pretty mediocre. But I mean, um, you're. I, Let's just say, like, even if a game is objectively bad, which is a thing, you're still oh, yeah. allowed to like it. Like, oh, yeah, I exactly. Like and these games, bad games. And these games are not objectively bad. These <laughs> games have gotten 7 out of 10s across the board. They're well made, but they're not what I want from this series, you know? Right. And that, that yeah. has shaped my, my... I mean, we're all, we're all victims of our own experiences, right? And my experience of Paper Mario is going to be very different than somebody who grew up with Sticker Star, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, where one person sees a problem, another person doesn't. And that's just how gaming is. So so if, if at any point during the Origami King discussion that's sure to follow in the next few weeks, we offend you, I, I am sorry. You know, it's, I, don't, I don't mean to. It's just my, my hot take on this. And, you know, as someday as... you'll have a podcast and you can have a hot take. <laughs> as far as Origami King is concerned, it looks like a step in the right direction i'm going to wait for reviews and then possibly wait for a sale yeah but, um, I'm, I'm i'm just seeing all the same warning signs you know from like from like the stuff i've seen in the footage and everything it just it it looks like it's playing it safe again and it looks like it's doing that that kind of like dumbed down formula of let's appeal to the widest audience possible which totally you know has has been the sticker star formula and beyond but um you know to in their defense color splash was considered an improvement over sticker star i'm sure origami king will be considered an improvement over color splash but i still see them as being part of the same universe where the paper is more important than the mario you know yeah. whereas with the first three games i think and the, the mario, mario is more important than 
than an original story. And that's yeah. kind of the thing yeah. that turned yeah. me off is, is that, you know, the elimination of all the colorful, unique characters. Yeah, they, they had built up a world with Thousand Year Door and Super Paper Mario specifically, and a little bit the original, that they then kind of abandoned for the sake of incorporating traditional Mario elements and Sticker yeah. Star and beyond. But but anyway, we're speculating about a game that's not even out yet. When one of us picks it up at some point, somebody can talk about it. Um, I'm sure honestly, some one of us will end up picking it up out of the four of us. Oh, I'm sure. It won't be long. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of that. I haven't really been playing that much else. Um, in fact, I can't really think of anything else I've been playing that's all that important. I know if Steve were here tonight, he'd be talking about Minecraft Dungeons, which he's been playing. Very much tempting me to give that game a try. Um, looks like cute Diablo, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see where the dice land on that. But yeah, that's been my life. So in the four or five minutes while you were talking about that, um, I bought Bug Fables. Nice. I've already <laughs> got it downloaded and ready to go, man. So I'll probably be starting it this How weekend. Much is, oh, it's twenty five dollars. Twenty five bucks, yeah. <laughs> I, I well, I had uh, I had a uh, thousand gold coins, so it kind of you know, fifteen bucks. A thousand? Yeah. That's cute. I've got like <laughs> six thousand. <laughs> that feels like a symptom of a bigger problem. But that's not that's not well, what we're here to discuss. Well, you know, this this is the type of thing I save them for. When there's a game that I'm not quite ready to throw my money at, but I want anyway. I, I feel like to a bigger degree I realize we have to move on here, but um I feel like to a to a weird like angle, in the last year or so, I have really come to understand that a lot of the devs that used to work at Nintendo that I grew up idolizing have moved on and pa- passed the torch to a younger generation mm-hmm. of devs. Probably Justin's age about, like a, a generation before me kind of thing. And just in general, I mean, they still make some good games, but in general, they're they're missing something that I look for in games. And I'm kind of starting to realize that there might be some indies out there, like Red Out and Bug Fables. You know, jury's still out. I'm, I still have to play Bug Fables, but I might be able to get some of those... Mm-hmm some of those game design vibes that I'm looking for from a, you know, an indie company or a smaller company that's not Nintendo. I think for the first time in my life, I'm, I was, a I'm about to cry. Yeah. For the, no, for the first time in my life, I kind of came to this realization a few weeks ago. I'm not a diehard Nintendo fanboy. Like I will still own Nintendo systems. Nintendo's got all the games I want, but they've lost a step for me. And yeah. I think it's kind of up to our generation, as it were, to kind of carry the torch of what, in my opinion, the real, like, smart devs, the good guys from my childhood, were really good at. And I'm hoping yeah. that, you know, in the next 10 years, we make some really cool games and we kind of bring back the fun. But again, it's all subjective, right? I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who love everything Nintendo's been doing, but I don't really have a game on the Switch that I can say, this is you know, hands down, this is the game you gotta own kind of thing. Like, yeah. Pokemon Sword and Shield is probably the closest thing to that, but, you know, nothing no, is without its I, fault. No, I, I so. totally feel that, and I know you said we gotta move on, but one more quick antidote, and then I'll toss it over to Justin so we can talk, listen to the games he's been playing. Um, I kind of felt that way about Nintendo in the Wii era. I think I might have talked about that on the podcast before, you know? I could see it. That was a big transitional period. I was still young enough, I think, to absorb it. But Sure. But yeah, no, I can understand that. Because, like, I was still in high school. I was in high school when Smash came out. I graduated high school in 2009, you know? Right. So I I lived during the Wii era very much. But, yeah, I I could see that because it was a big change. 
Yeah. Um, and I had said this, I think, in our Discord, that I feel like certain, certain members of Nintendo's um, game design staff, calling them out, Miyamoto, the, the king of video games, is kind of being that stick in the mud who's like, nope, this is the way I've always made games, this is the way you're going to make games, this is the way Nintendo make games and mm -hmm. makes games, and it's and like, I... alright, well, and that's great for your games, Miyamoto, but let other people make their games sure. their way, because that's how you end up with Splatoon. And like, I, have to defend my, I have to defend my hero a little bit here, because I've been doing a lot of research on Paper Mario for a video I want to come out with on my own channel. And, um, yeah, he, he was the one that kind of killed Sticker Star by telling the devs that they needed to mm -hmm, stick to mm -hmm. tradition instead of branching out. They needed to, but at the same time, telling them they needed to try different things because Sticker Star originally felt too much like the Thousand Year Door. But by that same standard, the Sticker Star team was almost entirely populated with new developers who had, like, never worked on a professional title before. And that's so another thing we gotta the, consider. The, is the blame lies definitely a little bit with Miyamoto on that, but I, I can't, I mean, he's my idol, and even if that means that I'm a little blind to it, like, I love the guy too much to throw all the shade at him. I think part of it is just that there's new blood in mm -hmm. Nintendo, you know? That's like we're all, stuff. everybody's all excited. Oh, Retro Studios is back making Metroid Prime Forum, but none of the people who worked on Metroid Prime, you know, one, two, and three are there. So well, it's kind of like Rare, you know, yeah, the name Rare, Rare has a label on it. Yeah. Rare has Rare has no meaning anymore because everyone that worked at Rare is now either retired or, or at, at Platonic. Um, yeah, Platonic. <laughs> yeah, or whatever Free Radical became. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, there was like exactly. a third studio I think that sprung up uh, out of yeah. there. But yeah, like like. Like we're, let's face it, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like we're we're still living in in the Luke Skywalker, maybe in Lucas's case, Anakin Skywalker generation, <laughs> and gaming is is in is in the Ray and Finn generation. Like oh, we're <laughs> we're go, we're going generational in Star Wars terms. So um, it's okay, Eugene. You're in the Anakin one with me. Don't <laughs> oh, well, I, I definitely am because I came, my like the remasters came out when I was a kid type of thing. That's what I remember in the theater. But All right. to put a, <laughs> one second to put to put a pin on. <laughs> This, I derailed though, this. I'm sorry. To, to put a pin on this because I have um, one final thought on this. The Boy, one we, this really changed into a philosophical thing. Sure. Well, the one good thing, the one positive, I guess, I see out of this, like you know, your, I guess, negativity, as it were, towards Nintendo has seen a maybe a positive uh, increase towards indies. You know, like you don't seem to have that same stigma finding these two games type of deal. You know. Well, and let's, we see let's... these these peaks and valleys in a lot of industries like you know the the 80s were very much about the manufactured studio music and then the 90s we saw an increase in indie bands getting popular which led to the boy bands and the pop music coming back in the 2000s now we're starting to see indies come back like mm -hmm. every every um uh, every medium entertainment medium seems to go through this where like an indie will come up with with some brilliant ideas and then the corporations will latch onto it and sure. drive it into the ground so the indies have to reinvent it well let me let me address your point real quick eugene and then we got to go to commercial yeah right but, um, <laughs> but but yeah no i um you know i've never been a big indie guy and i've always felt like the indie games just don't bring to the table the same quality that I've expected from a Nintendo-type company, you know? Like, Nintendo delivers quality, 
And I, I respect game developers that bring, you know, that same level of quality. But I also know that deep in my deepest, darkest heart, there is a, a jealousy that lies there because all of this time I would watch people making the kind of content that I wanted to be making. Now, I don't know if my game is going to turn out good or not. God, I hope it will. It's a passion project and I really care about it. But I've been working so hard on my game this last year that I'm more self-assured as it were i guess and i've come to see these people more as peers than as rivals you know so that kind of pettiness about indie games has kind of dissolved a little bit for me to the point where this bug fables game is the first indie game that like i said i'm i'm physically excited for like i have a like knot Ew. in my stomach when i think about playing this game <laughs> Because I'm so excited to play this game, and I don't—that's a feeling that I rarely get for sure. a new game. So I'm excited to see how it goes, and yeah, maybe this is a little personal growth for me, and maybe I'll finally be able to. Yeah, that's look at, I, well, look at indie we'll games see, right? as a positive, yeah. you know. Well, well I think my much... generation is finally kind of coming into the spotlight, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, the the thirty-something-year-olds have have had their turn, and they've defined indie games for a while. And now it's time for like the twenty-somethings to to sure. get out there and become professional developers. And you know, this is this is my generation. I want to be a part of that generation of game developers. So maybe I'm just embracing my culture. You know. But. Yeah. All right, Justin, well, the, you're up. Let's get let's talk about the games you've been playing because, like Lucas said, it's almost time for a commercial break. Right. Well, I want to talk about the physical excitements that are causing my personal growth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, you know, like, it's it's nothing new, so mine should be pretty quick, because, you know, I transitioned from Red Dead Redemption 2 into Red Dead Redemption 1, and the transition <laughs> is not as smooth as I thought it would be. I was um, gonna ask. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. I still stand by that games of last generation are every bit as good now as they were then like like yeah games look prettier and there's certainly more you can do with them but as a whole like gaming corporate gaming is to, to make the distinction now that we have um kind of reached its apex around 2005 to 2010 in that realm where this is what games are and they haven't changed a whole lot other than like incrementally <laughs> So Red Dead Redemption 1 is very much in that same realm, but, like, you can see the jank. Sure. Like, like, when you play Red Dead Redemption 2, like, it looks like a movie with live actors. Like, to to the greatest extent a video game can. It looks um, like what you thought Red Dead Redemption looked like five years ago in your <laughs> <Right>. mind. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing that really, um, like, like obviously like the graphical fidelity isn't quite there the lighting isn't quite as realistic the textures aren't quite as detailed and i was expecting that but what really like like caught me off guard was how janky the animations are now when you're in a cut scene it's all mo-capped so everything looks just as good as like even the graphic fidelity isn't there but the motions and and facial animations everything looks about as good as Red Dead Redemption 2. When you're in the actual gameplay, it's clear that they didn't mocap character animations. It's still got some of that, you know, stiff, like the stiff motion. Like when 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 John Marsden is running, like you can tell this is a hand animated character, not a motion captured right. person. Um, and. Uh, 
and there are certain things that I miss, like, um, you know, I got used to every time I walked by somebody in Red Dead Redemption 2 holding the the left trigger I know and hitting the button yeah. to say hello to everybody. Yeah. The first time I did that, I pointed a gun at somebody. Like, that is not <laughs> what I wanted to do. So I have to relearn the control scheme. Sure. Um, Story-wise, um, it's just as good as I remember, um, and I'm going to love playing through it again. Um, I'm discovering things in the world that, like, I'll play... This is relaxing. Um, I've, I'll play about an hour, hour and a half of Red Dead Redemption 1 and then think, all right, now that I've unlocked this area in Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm going to go back to it in Red Dead Redemption 2 and see what it looks like in that game. Right. So it's kind of got this fascinating like back and forth where I'm like, okay, I forgot that this place exists. I wonder what it looks like you know, in the other one. Um, so Red Dead Redemption 1 and... Uh, Beat Saber, because we're fat. Yeah, I've got to play some Beat Saber, and uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons are pretty much uh, the what's been on my menu. Um, I don't know if I said this. I rolled credits on uh, on New Horizons sometime last week. Hmm. Um, so now I've Dang. got the terraforming, so I've been doing a little bit of uh, oh, remodeling my Is that how you get island. that? I, so I didn't yeah. know that yeah. was a thing until... You got to... You got to do the KK concert and then it'll unlock. Right. So, yeah, because I um. Oh, sorry, Justin. Real quick, I, I I saw like just somebody's like I was scrolling through Facebook or something. I saw somebody like posted a gif of like terraforming. I was like, what is that? I want that for my island. That's gonna be what's gonna get me back into my island. So I guess I better start getting five stars or whatever. Guys, you need I have three stars. Played... So it's not terrible. Yeah. Just get a lot of oh. get a lot of villagers and do a lot of decorating, and that that should get you up to three stars pretty quickly. I haven't played in like four weeks, and it makes me sad. But it's just I want to go to New Leaf, you know. Like sure. when I play Animal Crossing again, it's gonna be New Leaf. But God, I do miss some I... of the. Th After you pointed it out, I realized there were certain elements to New Leaf. That Sorry, really... it's what I do. <laughs> yeah, there are certain things that I miss in New Horizons, but I'm still like, I let me go check my hour count here because I've already surpassed um, Breath of the Wild. I think I'm probably at about the hundred and fifty hour mark maybe I'm even just, more than that i'm a little upset because i've been waiting for this game like this was my e3 prediction like every year since i started on infendo like i've been wanting this game for years and it's here and i put a lot of time into it but unlike other animal crossings it's become the kind of game that i played for a long time and then it was just over you know Mm-hmm. yeah i that's where i'm at with it you know so i'm actually i'm i'm almost I guess almost forcing myself to go back, but I think I am going to go back because I think Y'all, I, I have 190 hours in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, sweetie, that's cute, <laughs> but hang on. I don't, but I don't put 200 hours into video games. Sweet. And the only one I have is Breath of the Wild. So for me to Sw break that record in a couple of months... <laughs> Sweet baby boy, I have 210 hours in Animal Crossing and 365 in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Oh, I wow. have no idea how many I have in New Leaf. It's probably <laughs> twice that. But <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't even want to ask what your Breath of the Wild count is because I know it's probably mine? actually my Breath of Oh Justin's or mine. Yours. My Breath of the Wild count actually isn't that high. It's right around 360. Oh, but it took I have you that long to get. Okay. But, oh yeah. It, well, and I also played the game like three or four times. Um, yeah. If you combine my Wii U playthrough and my Switch playthrough, mm -hmm. I'm probably around there. I also have 40 hours on my Japanese account, so Breath of the Wild still shows up when I sort by playtime as the the top game on that list. Mm -hmm. But 
I, I have to assume eventually either Smash Bros. or Animal Crossing will eke we'll it out if I can get it, back yeah. into Animal Crossing. Sure. So, Okay, well, um, Justin, did you have any other games that you were um, dying to talk about? Or you said that was pretty much it, right? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Like, every time I decide I'm going to play something new, I end up uh, going back to those two standbys. Um, I got a new pair of earphones that might make certain games more exciting, but um, I'll talk about that next week when I've had some more time with them. <laughs> Fair. All right. Well, then I guess that means we're going to take a little break. We'll be back on the other side with a mini game before answering your question block questions. We love our producers over at Infendo, and now it's even easier and cheaper to become one. Head on over to patreon.com slash Infendo Radio to become a producer today. All right, it is time to... Um, we're going to play a little mini game actually, first, before we do our um, question block questions. So what we're going to do tonight, since I'm hosting, we're going to play some Nintendoons, because I like to play Nintendoons. And I liked Lucas's theme last week of three real quick games, so I'm going to take that theme um, to Nintendoons, and we're going to do three lightning rounds for Nintendoons. So um, if this is your first time listening to Ninten- a show with Nintendoons, what this is all about. I have three games. I have music for each one of those games, and these fine gentlemen are going to try and guess what um, games they are by only listening to the music. So with that, I'm going to pause this Mario Paint music, and I'm going to play our first track starting right now. Mario 3. <laughs> that was Mario 3. Well done. Notice I knew I had a before Eugene starts playing. Minute music. to win it. Oh no, yeah, I usually go, "Oh, it's uh and I mentally told myself, "Don't do that. Don't use fillers." <laughs> All right, the first lightning round point has been awarded to Lucas. So well done. So this next one here, um get ready. Take your breaths, get your mentally prepared mind ready, because I think this is going to be quick. Here we go. Tetris. Tetris. Oh. For Game Boy. <laughs> I, I, I heard both I'm of you. Willing to, I'm willing to accept that Justin's been having some lag issues, and even though I heard myself first, I want this last round to be interesting. Yeah, so I, so I, I was going to say kind of something similar because I heard, I, I clearly heard you first, but but like Justin started Justin's like right in the middle. Justin's having lag for like yeah. two weeks. So, so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I think I actually heard Lucas <laughs> start speaking before me. So, But for even, the sake I, of showmanship. I, I'm going to say we could take the tie on this one if you want. But. Yeah, let's no, take the you tie. Want, you won this round. We're going into the finals. So this I, is how what? we're going to... I was the one who specified for Game Boy because this music was not in the NES version. That I don't know why I'm I obsessed. Justify this. I don't know why I'm obsessed with Minute to Win It right now, but we got a Minute know what that is. to Win It. It was Guy Fieri's game show. Come on. Okay, that last round. less interested. You need to watch it. Yeah, Guy Franchetti is great. Um, <laughs> so um, we're going to move on to our next track. I guess if we have a tie, that means that Lucas is technically at two and Justin is at one. So it's only fitting that this track is worth two points. I'm okay with that. So let's get it. 
Get your buzzers ready. Here's our final track. Oh, God. I accidentally, accidentally we went full buzzers. screen. Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong Country 1. Oh, that, that was so simultaneous. I cannot... <laughs> I think we tie. Yeah, I, that's a I legit think... tie. Oh my god. Okay, 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 okay. I want to have one more, one more tiebreaker if you guys don't mind because that was so fun. So, um, are we cool with that? Why not? Okay with it. Okay, 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 okay. I, I have a game in Steve mind. Steve is screaming at his uh, computer right now. <laughs> right. Okay, so this is gonna be another quick one. So get your buzzers ready. This one is literally for all the marbles. I away, I away, again. Marble Madness. Link to the Past. Damn it. I, I I don't know how I beat Lucas to that one because I was still in the middle of making my joke when the music started. <laughs> I heard it and I was like, I know what this is, but I don't remember. <laughs> and then you said it and I was like, he got it. <laughs> oh, that was great. I don't know who won. I don't care. That was fun. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm going to give it to Justin mainly for selfish reasons because I'm pretty sure Lucas has won most of the games this year and that will put a... Hey, if it'll if it'll prevent me from being the heel of Nintendo for another week, <laughs> You I'm okay are the it. heel! I am the heel, man. I'm the guy who always wins that nobody cheers for. So. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, all right, great. So, um, we're going to move on to the question block. It looks like we have one question from Schnazzy one, and I don't, it's it might be a little bit of a somewhat of a dig, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. So Schnazzy one asks, "What would it take for Lucas to not be a Debbie Downer about everything?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to think it would take a good game to come out that took some actual passion and control, but. I don't know, maybe cocaine? <laughs> well, no, um, I, th I think that my criticisms that I address are justified. I I'd like to think that the, the things that I've raised about games... Totally. Breath of, Breath of the Wild, Animal Crossing, Paper Mario, they're, they're justifiable criticisms. And I'd also like to think that... Um, that there's a not to make this serious because let's be real but there's a there's a danger in just quietly accepting whatever the you know the majority of people think is good and and settling for that whether that's a serious issue or something as stupid as video games and um gaming is something that i'm very passionate about you know it's it's been it was my childhood hobby that evolved into a part-time career mm -hmm. like it's it's important to me and i hold games to a very thank you i needed some background music <laughs> i hold games to a very heavy high, in here. i hold games to a very high standard and um that's definitely a flaw of mine, but I also think it's kind of important. I think that there need to be some people who say that things that people like maybe aren't as good as they think they are, you know? And I realize that, you know, that's never been my intent. Like, I even I even said it when we were talking about Paper Mario, you know? It's never sure. been my intent to, to drag you guys down and point out faults, but there's, there, there's a part of me that feels very vindicated when you come back the next week and you say, 
Boy, I didn't notice it until you pointed it out, but yeah, there are things missing in New Horizons that I really miss. Like, <laughs> demand more, yeah. you know? No, like, demand more from your games. I, I loved mean, Pikmin 3, but it was so short, you know? Like, demand more if, if, if you really care about the game you're playing, and don't just settle for, you know, what other people think is good. Be your right. own judge. And I mean, I, I get that because I'm, I'm the same way. I tend to lean on the positive side of most things, but I will never, like, I brought up Star Wars earlier. And as much as I am, like, a full-on, hardcore Star Wars movie, let me distinguish yeah. there, Star Wars movie fan, never read most of the books. Steve is the extended deep, universe fan. Yeah, I don't get <laughs> deep into that stuff, and, and but... Like, even I, I can tell you everything that's wrong with all nine movies. Um, well, all nine, I, I guess like, there are 11 of them, 12 of them now. But, um, sure. but like, <laughs> I can, you know, like, I can tell you everything that's wrong with them and still sit down and watch yeah. them and love them because I think, I, I, I think it's healthy to A, see the flaws in things and B, still love those things yeah. in spite of their flaws. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's a good philosophy for life, honestly. But, but like, you know, like like Breath of the Wild, like a lot of the, the things that Lucas has brought up, like I agree with those being shortcomings of the <laughs> mm-hmm. game. They Whereas just weren't enough that, to deter you from enjoying the game. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, that, yeah. and that's the thing is like to, to Lucas, they're, they're um, deal breakers. Fatal, for, fatal flaws. Yeah. Right. <laughs> for, for me, it's a minor inconvenience. But like we, I think we all agree that those things are there and we all yeah. agree that the good things are there it's just our personal preferences to you know well, what's, what's it was kind of it was kind of like when super mario odyssey came out right and i remember thinking to myself finally a game that the four of us can all enjoy after this like year of breath of the wild <laughs> and this rep that i've earned on the show as being the one who didn't enjoy it and then eugene comes out and he's like I didn't really like it, guys. Mm-hmm. I was like, Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, actually, I was going to bring up a similar point, but, like, that's actually an even better anecdote. So, like, what I was going to say is, you know, video games are very objective, right? Like, whether you like it or mm-hmm. not, like, just like music, that's what I was going to bring in. Like, I don't like country music, but I know hundreds of millions of people do, you know? And to each and their those own. those people are wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? See... And and like a little a little fun fact since the question was about me, um, sure. I'll give you guys I'll give you guys a little fun fact, and this is going to sound ridiculous because I think on Infendo I take a more of a kind of reviewer stance, right? And I, I'm looking at stuff more objectively than than personally. So I can I'll have moments where I'll say, man, I just really like this game, even though it's bad. I really like this game, but there are games that I pick apart, and they're usually the games that are more successful because I see people swarming toward the positive. And I'm like, all right, but hold up, because, like, there's some negatives that no one's talking about kind of stuff. Sure. But on the whole, whether it's movies or games or music, this is going to shock a lot of people who listen to this show regularly. I like most things. <laughs> um, I My favorite Star Wars movies are the prequel trilogy. <laughs> um, I, I I like most things. I don't hate them and either, when I'm, you know, yeah. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm not reviewing something... Like, I am a very positive person about that. whatever I'm ingesting. Like, I, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto, right? And my computer hiccups while I'm playing it. There are moments where the game will lock up and freeze. and But my brain puts those moments away and replays it as, like, a complete, you know, cutscene sure. with no interruptions. Like, I, I very much enjoy most things that I experience. But when I'm on the show, 
Um, and especially when I'm talking with the three of you, because, you know, you guys are gamers and you enjoy most things yeah. that most gamers enjoy. I just find myself constantly in the role of having to point out, for, for better or worse, flaws that you, I see that are You put on, like, impressed. a critic's hat, right? Like well, because, because I know that yeah. there are... I, I mean, I assume that there are other people out there who have to be experiencing the same negative aspects of a game that mm -hmm. I am. But there's like there's no voice for that, you know. And I understand this is very stupid. These are video games. It's not that important. But this is the subject of our podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, being able to kind of represent the people who feel the same way about a game that I do and say, hey, you're not crazy for disliking this game that the rest of the world loves. You're allowed to dislike it because of X, Y, and Z. Like I, th I think that's important. If one of our like you know two thousand daily listeners agrees with me then hopefully i've i've shed a different opinion that one of our listeners can appreciate so. it reminds me of back in the uh mid 2000s um when twilight princess came out i guess it was 2007 i think when twilight princess came out and yeah i want to say it was jeff gersman who gave it like an Eight or something, yeah. And, and GameSpot and like people are freaking how can you, out. Yeah, how For can you eight? give? Yeah, yeah. Like or maybe a, it was either a seven point eight or an eight point three or somewhere within that really? realm of this is a really good game but not perfect sort of thing. And that's is, how I feel about Twilight Princess. <laughs> well, right, exactly. Like like Twilight Princess was a flawed classic. I totally agree with him. But like the fact that he didn't say it was the greatest game ever, like people. Like, you need to, first of all, if you're going to rate things on a scale, and this is kind of building off of what, what, what Lucas, what mm -hmm. the whole discussion dangerous is about. To, dangerous yeah. to even start by building off of a scale, right? Oh, right because anything right. less well, than a six is garbage. And, yeah. sure. Right. If you're going to rate something on a scale of one to ten, and you're only going to use six through ten, then why do you have the rest of Like, people tend to think of that, I've like, always... one through ten review as, like... Yeah like uh like a grade like a like a school grade like anything yeah, and a 50 is failing yeah but, and but, it's like, but five is average five most games should be five yeah which is know? why i like the way we do it with the one to five because for some reason people logic that out better it's and, a little bit easier yeah to, yeah like I, I honestly i think every rating should be positive negative neutral and and it's it's well, one of those three things and and I, you know, and I know a lot of I know a lot of people do this, but when I rate a game, back when we used to write reviews, we haven't really done much on the site in a long time. I'm sad to say. <laughs> Thank right. you, Colt producer, for keeping the site alive. Yeah. But um, but but when I used to do more reviews, um, I would try to list like the positives and the negatives, yeah. right? And I know there's a lot of other reviewers who do that, but really, I think that's a number score is a good indicator of the general vibe that you're picking up from a game. But it's important to list what you liked and what you didn't, because you know I'll play a game like Super Paper Mario. And, I, you know, I really like that game, even though I have a lot of strong feelings about Paper Mario as a series. Like, that game has earned a rare exception, in my opinion, because of the, the incredible story and the unique gameplay. But, um, but those things aren't necessarily exclusive, right? Like, I really like this game because it has such a, such a good, heartfelt message and story to it. But you could absolutely hate this game because it's not a traditional sure. RPG Paper Mario game. And we're both entitled to our opinions, right? It is both, a, a in my opinion, a really well-written game and not a Paper Mario game in the traditional sense. And, yeah, you know, so I don't really know where I'm going with this. I guess I'm just rambling at this point. But 
Yeah, opinions are very, very obtuse. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair. And, and, yeah. and as long as I continue to be on this show, I'm sure I will continue to drag the rest of you down with me by pointing out <laughs> flaws in games, but apparently that was my purpose of being on this show in the first place. So I will say... I'm really optimistic about Bug Fables, and I'm really hoping... You got me bought it. Or you got me I'm, to I'm buy hoping, it. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't have anything negative to say. The The only thing I was afraid of was, is this game going to be an indie game in length? Mm. And the internet has told me no. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. But nice. I think that game you know, might, might bring back a lot of what I've been missing from that series. So Sure. Well, all right. Well, good deal. Um, to put a close to this topic, Justin, it was an 8.8. And yes, it was Jeff Gersman. He got flamed for an 8.8. Really? I could have sworn it was lower than that. Oh, you know what? I think it was an 8.3 originally. And he and bumped then, it up. Uh, well, yeah. Oh. And then there was all sorts of controversy and GameStop bumped it up okay, to an 8.8. I just, I just have to say, an 8.3 is probably about what I would give a Twilight Princess. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's a good game. It's an objectively good game, but I have a lot of flaws with it, from the fact that all of the bosses feel and the, and the plot feels very mimic to Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. to the fact that every boss is... Every boss's weak point is an eyeball for the first, like, six bosses. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Isn't just... your weak point your eyeball? Is somebody <laughs> you in the eye? Fair. It's, it's one of a couple. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, there are, there are things about Twilight Princess that I don't like, and that's why it is probably one of my least favorite 3D Zelda games. But I still think it's a really good game. I just don't think it's a 10.0 kind of game, you know? I don't think Skyward Sword is a 10.0 game, and that's my favorite 3D Zelda. Mm. Like... I mean, what is perfect, you know? Perfect is an impossible construct in, that we've made Entirely subjective. So, yeah. so, to expect, yeah. so to expect a game on pedigree alone to receive a score of 10 is just, it, it's ignorant, you know? Like, you know, 10 years ago, I would have given Red Dead Redemption 1 uh, a 10 out of 10. Playing it again now, it's more of a 9, you know? Like, yeah. You know? well, I mean, for, for a perfect example of how, like, I, I realize we're just rambling here so you can cut us off whenever, but for a perfect example of how a person's opinion can change over time, look at the movie Avatar. Oh, right? boy, which, yeah. Which, I, when I it was, came when out... When that came out, I was like, this is the best movie I've ever when it, seen. When it, when it came out, it was everyone's it favorite was. movie, and then, like, a month later, everybody started comparing it to Pocahontas, and then a year later, nobody was talking about it, and now it's been, like, 15 years, and the joke is that they're working on a sequel. And there are people who still like it, and there are people who think it's garbage, but, like, at the moment, we all thought it was the best thing, like the new Titanic, you yeah. know? And it, it, people's opinions change. And, and the, you know, a, a movie that looked really good in the mid-2000s now looks kind of cheesy compared to, like, movies we're getting now because technology evolves and, you know. But My God, my, my, uh, my family marathoned the Toy Story movies. Uh, recently. The first Toy and, Story. And, oh yeah. my god, it's like a PlayStation game. Yeah. <laughs> the, the people right. look so oh, bad. Yeah. But but nostalgia is powerful, right? Yeah. Like I, I prefer the, the model in Ocarina of Time that Link had in the N sixty four version to the model he has in the three D S version. Yeah. Not because it's more polished That's or anything, saying, yeah. but because he's got that little cat smile <laughs> and he's got the wide eyes. He just he looks like how I want Link to look. And in the new games he looks so 
I was going to say looks whitewashed. More like... That is not the right term. But but <laughs> originally but he, he looks a little bit more like a 3D version of a 2D sprite, which is yeah, the same the, thing with Mario in, in Mario 64. Like the the modern interpretation sticks very close to the art that they were going for at the time, right? But those those limitations. God, we're going all off topic here. <laughs> I'm sorry. The limitations really do bring out the best in like an artist, you know. And uh, I appreciate that, but. We're done. We've we've talked this to death. I'm a spoil sport, and I always will be. And you guys are stuck <laughs> with me until they kick me off the show. So. Fair, fair, fair. All right. Speaking of um, off the show, we're about to be done with this one. So thank you for sticking thank to the end. Thank God, I hated this. <laughs> we, uh, I think we, you know, brought another good episode to the table. So hopefully you thought that as well. Um, before we get out of here, though, we're going to let you know where you can find us. Um, um, our one of our co-hosts is not with us, but make sure that you go to um, theinfendo.com and join Steve's Discord from there. I believe you can actually join up his, um, like you know, from his Twitter and everything from there. So make sure you go to infendo.com to do that. Um, Justin, where can the people find you and what you're doing? You can find me on Twitter at infendojustin. Um, you can also follow my Disney-related tweets at Utilidork, U-T-I-L-I-D-O-R-K. Um, and check out Utilidork.com because I'm still working on, on stuff for it. I've got an announcement coming up hopefully in the next month or so about it. And, uh, like, that's still, that's still a living, breathing thing. It's kind of on, kind of on life support right now. You know, got hit got hit hard by covid just got hooked up to all sorts of tubes but uh we're i'm 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 gonna bring it back to life um hopefully in a big way so so if you're into disney disney parks disney world follow utilidork good deal well um lucas what about you where can and i'm people... sorry about the covid joke that was in poor taste <laughs> where could the people not find the you? not the most inappropriate joke you could have made this week sure but, you know where can the people find me where can the people find you? Where can the people find me? That's a good question because where you can find me always seems to be changing. Um, I used to always say that my Twitter, at Chromatic was not a good place to go to find me. That has become the best place to find me um, because after an eight-hour game design session, the last thing I want to do is stream my progress on YouTube. So I've been posting to my Twitter little little pictures and whatnot. Um, also been posting to my developer's blog, which you can reach on chromatichue.com. So um, if you want to see the progress I've been making on the game, I pretty much pooped out World 2 in the last two weeks, and it's starting to look real good, in my opinion. So, like... I'm, you I'm proud me that, of it, and I like it. Actually, oh, dude, I spent I spent like a full day just working on. There's this underwater cave area, and I have all these like stalagmites and stalactites, and I did all the lighting mm-hmm. so like it gets it's brighter at the top and darker at the bottom. Like, I mean, I, like I I genuinely think I'm getting better at this as I work on it, which is cool. So go look at that and tell me I'm great. Um, <laughs> but. But yeah, that's that's all on chromaticu.com. I have a YouTube channel. Um, I have written a script for a video where I continue to be a killjoy, and um, the the topic the topic of the video is how to fix 
the Paper Mario series, something we've talked about a lot on this show. I've written it all out. It's just a matter of sitting down and recording it. That might come out next week. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but you can follow me on my YouTube channel. Just search Lucas Peace, and I will be the one with the blue mustache and beard. Subscribe to that, and you'll you'll get it when it comes out. And I'm sure I'll post it on Infendo.com, too, so you can look at it there. But that's that's that. Good deal. Well, um, you can find me, well, this week in a voting booth because it was election week here uh, in New Mexico. So I hope everybody is out there voting, being safe if you're actually oh, physically brother, getting you gotta, out. You got to vote by mail, man. That, uh, that's what I was going to say. I actually, you know, absentee <laughs> we, ballot. We got our like, application for, for mail ballots yeah. this week. And, yeah, there and are, we're considering it. I think there are about, I want to say almost 40 states where you can vote by mail. Yeah. So find out if you're one of them. And the deadline to register is coming up quick. Yep, um, for the, for the presidential election, yeah. You're going to want to do it because this is an important, more important, I think, than any other election we've ever had. You're going to want to vote, make your voice heard. There is a clearly better choice, and I'm not going to tell you what that is. You should know that by now. But... Um, but you're not going to want to go out there in November and vote. This virus is most likely still going to be around and infecting people. And you don't want to wait in a line with a bunch of other people for 8 to 10 hours to, to cast a vote. So register to vote by mail. Save yourself the time. Save yourself the pain. And be ready for November. Totally. And sorry for, sorry for stealing all of your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You, you hit it right on the head what I wanted to say. Other than which I kind of already touched on. Go to infendo.com if you want to follow me. Um, <laughs> you're going to want to make sure that you go to the community tab, uh, join the Infendo Discord, join Steve's Discord, which I already mentioned. Follow all of us on um, Twitter, on our various channels, all that fun stuff. And yeah, you know, let's make sure that we get out there and have a good week. Um, I will say, though, that after the show, um, there's you know there will be a little stinger added in. I'm going to talk about um, here tonight uh, the state of the world right now and kind of my thoughts on that I feel like it's a little bit important to uh, speak on that here tonight use the platform accordingly so if you're interested stick around after the show otherwise I will catch you guys all later on I hope you all have a good week stay inside <laughs> unless you're protesting in which case go out and be safe we love our producers over at Infendo, and now it's even easier and cheaper to become one. Head on over to patreon.com slash infendoradio to become a producer today. So not to... Not to completely switch gears, but um, yeah. But let's talk about something sad and serious. Yeah, no, seriously, though. I, I you know, obviously, unless you're under a rock, you know that there, uh, George Floyd was murdered. And, you know, there was a th there's a huge movement going on, uh, not only just in the United States, but around the world. So um, I feel like it's my duty almost to kind of speak up on that. I'm only going to say a few words because honestly, I, this is a complicated situation and there's a lot of layers to it, but I at least want to say that, you know, like I hope that you stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. I know I do. I'm, I'm sure you saw my shirt it compelled me to make a shirt this that week. It is an awesome shirt, by the way. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, I, I just feel like we, I'm I'm only half black, but I'm still part of the black community, right? If I went out 
to like a city in Minneapolis, you know, I would be scared if I got pulled over by the police, you know? So uh, oh, yeah. I, um, I can't say that that's what it's like here in New Mexico. Thank God we're a little bit more progressive in that regard, but um, there's millions of Americans, people of color that look just like me that aren't in that situation. And so, uh, you know, people are fed up with it. That's why we have this, these protests going on that's why we have some of these riots going on, which is also layered because a lot of that are, I mean, from what I've been reading up on, a lot of these are like anarchists that are not even part of the freaking movement, you know, that are causing some of these riots. But regardless, I, I what I was telling Lucas this week, um, I don't necessarily condone the violence that's going on, but I definitely don't condemn it either because I understand where these people are coming from. You you understand the anger, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, well, and and I mean, honestly, like we're talking years, decades, generations worth of anger here. That's just end of end of nothing changing. This being right. the exact same mm-hmm. thing that we experienced in the seventies, and the eighties, and the nineties, and the two thousands. I was um, gonna say just a few years ago, we had the same thing happen. So I mean, like like seriously, like this is this is this is be on the right side of history, people. Like, and and <sighs> if if I could if I could add my two cents here because you know Eugene as a person of color I think has the most to contribute to this conversation which is why we kind of let him lead this introduction um, you know obviously this affects Justin and I differently but we're all mm-hmm. human and I I know we both think that that what we saw was horrific right and and, yeah, and completely unacceptable for for what is supposed to be a civilized culture where I feel right now like we are living in like a third world nation like the the pre- not to get not to get political but the president is is literally clearing out crowds of peaceful protesters with tear gas so he can do a bible photo shoot right like it's 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 proto fascism but um through all of this one positive thing that I'm very thankful for in addition to having two parents who are incredibly open-minded and and able to able to discuss all of this with and get all of that out i also have a friend in eugene Mm -hmm. and um, me being a a white man and eugene being a black man being able to talk about it together and share our opinions Mm -hmm. where we agree where we disagree and have a dialogue and um you know eugene i've seen how much it's affected you and, you know, I, I feel just awful about that. But I'm very thankful that I know you and that um, we can kind of communicate together through this. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's meant I'm, the world to me. I got to say, like, a lot of a lot of my friends actually have reached out just to, like, ask, hey, yeah. are you OK? Or, hey, I have I just need I, to talk about, like, what's going on, you know, like, can do you have a moment yeah. type of thing? And that's if, if I were to put a closing statement on this for me. It would be listen to your friends, family members that are not just black, but people of color, you know, because yes, like right now the focus is Black Lives Matters, you know, absolutely. I say that absolutely. But like, you know, there's Muslims and sheiks and, you know, people who just don't look like, you know what people would say an American and they're seeing a lot of the same discrimination. My dad is a white Italian. He's Italian and English, but he's got a big black beard. 
He's got that dark Mediterranean skin, and he has he has had people make comments. Mm-hmm. One time he went to the bank, and he had walked there, and he was a little out of breath, and they were questioning why this this guy who looked very we he looks kind of Middle Eastern, and they were questioning why he was in the bank and what he what he was doing there and why he was out of breath. Yeah, like he's he's you know he's he, he's definitely white, but he's still the kind of person that looks intimidating enough that he could be in in trouble in the wrong situation if he got pulled over in in a city where a guy just happened to hate even though he's not middle eastern where where you know if if they just happened to to not like middle eastern people they could see him and instead of thinking he's italian they could think that he's you know and and yeah so i i you know i'll I'll never say that i i totally understand your point of view because it's uniquely you and it's not something that i've personally experienced Mm -hmm. but I can definitely empathize. Sure. And, you know, I hope you know that, you know, we love you, man. And we're going to be here with you this whole time. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, I mean, and, and I guess the to, to close out my end of it, um, I've seen a couple people on social media say this, and I think it really sums up the Black Lives Matters movement, is, you know, people like to counter with All Lives Matter thinking that that's, perfectly innocently thinking that that, that's a good thing it (laughs) sounds innocent right Right. but in the context it's harmful right you number one you are you are reducing the the power that the movement has by basically saying you you know like like they're saying we're all we're all having the same experience yeah and we're not now right yeah exactly and and to to mimic what i've seen a lot of people say on social media until black lives matter all lives do not matter mm-hmm. as yeah. long as as long as anybody's life black lives L- lgbt lives um you know the mo- muslim lives asian lives whatever like as long as anybody's life is being oppressed systematically then you cannot in good conscience say all lives matters and that's what we're facing right now is is there are groups of people right now like i I mentioned the lgbt community this is pride month and you're hearing nothing of it because that community who knows what oppression is is stepping aside and saying there's this is there's a this is yours right now you know there's a global pandemic going on right now and you're not hearing anything about it because of this i mean people are people are dying not not just as a result of everything that's going on, but because we have to mobilize and and speak our minds and it, it, like, I mean the virus isn't going to stop. You know right. that's still a major threat to people. Um, if if I could, as my final thing, just say I, I anybody that's listening to this or still listening to this at this point, first of all, thank you, but um, but also please be safe. You know, please please peacefully protests and do not put yourself in danger speak your mind and go out if you want to go out or or use your social media as a platform or whatever you want to do i'm a very quiet personal person i don't i don't speak much about this thing but i have very strong feelings but be safe and don't hurt anyone and wear a mask and socially distance and please don't don't put yourself in harm's way over this because it's it's very important but you know nothing is worth you you dying over you need to you need to survive and frankly you need to be above you know everything and and be strong and that's hard but 
don't don't succumb and don't you know don't go out and get sick over something like this like take care of yourself definitely and i know that that sounds i know that sounds contradictory because you know i'm I'm definitely not saying don't speak your mind but be safe you know don't lose your life because if you lose your life now the next one less voice the next time we need you for something like i would say that it's almost more important at least for me to a like i had mentioned before have those conversations with your loved ones friends um Mm -hmm. that are people of color but then number two when you do see this frankly behavior from your again your friends family member co-workers even speak out because now is not the time to be silent about these issues any longer you know like even if it's just like a Hey, like my coworkers made a joke and said the N word. Like, tell them, nah, man, that's not okay. You know, like that. Yeah. Even if it's just something as small as that, that's what would make and, me happy during this movement. And, and 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 I'm sorry, I don't want to prolong this, but I do want to say it's okay to be wrong, mm-hmm. and it's okay. It's okay to have done something wrong and not know it until recently. Like, um. You know, like a few years ago, we had the Me Too movement in full in full swing, and like, I'll be honest, I I used to be one of those guys who said the wrong things and did the wrong things and whatnot, and and I'm older now and I'm wiser now, and I know that those things are wrong, and it's okay to admit that you've said you've made a racist joke, and in you know, it's okay to admit that you know you've said. You know, those things that you're not supposed to say, but you know better now and, and you're going to try harder to because that's that's how we grow. That's how we yeah. learn, you know, like like admit your mistakes and 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 just improve yourself, improve yourself for everybody's benefit. Yeah. Well said. Well said. All right. Well, this has been in Fendo Radio episode 548. <laughs> yes. And this is this has been the the 80s TV show where Steve Urkel <laughs> and, episode. Yeah, comes out and he takes off the glasses and he goes, "I'd like to talk to you all about gun violence." And yeah, yeah that's And thank yeah, you if you, honestly if you made it this far, you listened to what we had to say. If you you know, if you disagree with what you have to what what we had to say, Talk to us, but maybe we can help to come to a common agreement or help you to change your mind if, like, honestly, like, you're one of these people on the other side of the fence because I'm never going to be on that other side of the fence, I'll tell you what, but I want to help you to come to ours. But something we haven't had in this country in a long time is the ability to talk to somebody who thinks differently. I'll have that dialogue with you, yeah, exactly. you're probably the closest person I have to that, Eugene, because we are... We come from two different political parties, yeah. but um, <laughs> but but I think we are pretty understanding of the, the areas that we differ. And really, what you've come to find out about us, I think, in the time that we've spoken about serious things, is we're really not all that different at all. Sure. To the point where you know, like I, I yeah, I don't I don't see us as being that that opposed. But yeah, no, for sure, it's a it's a thing. So please, I'm, yeah, I mean, let's let's be civil and let's have a conversation. I mean, my, my, my father-in-law is, is a Trump-supporting former corrections officer. But when you talk politics, especially economic politics with him, he sounds very liberal. So, you know, you never... <laughs> sure. You, you know, it's like we, we, you never know where you're going to find that common ground with somebody, no matter how different your backgrounds and opinions are right so i mean once again this has been infendo radio episode 548 we love you all 
Good night. Good night. Stay Bye safe. Coach.